Hello, good evening, everybody. Yeah. So welcome to our open house night. Uh, this is what we normally do every Wednesday, right, guys? Pretty much the same routine. This is, we didn't do anything, not to be rude, but we didn't do anything special for your parents tonight, okay? <laughs> There's no way what we do on a Wednesday night. We want to welcome you into our environment and want you to settle and just have lots of fun and engagement. Later on tonight, we've got small groups happening. When small groups happen uh, just now, the students will go off to the small groups, and new parents will stay in the room with me for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, students. I got the whole list of everything you sent to me. I'll work it. Okay, don't worry. I'll work it. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Um, we're going to hang out here for 30 minutes and have a few chats around some things. And then you're going to help me move some chairs out of the way for our game, which you parents will be participating in. Okay. We don't try to embarrass anybody. Just want to make that clear, okay? <laughs> want you to have lots of fun with us tonight. So we're going through a series at the moment. We're so excited because we thought, you know what? Often we wait until we get to camp. Uh, before we do business with God, right? When you get to camp, then you do business with God. We thought about, wait a minute, why do we wait until we get to camp? Shouldn't camp be like this oh, incredible week of just fun and freedom and celebration and encountering Jesus? And we do all the hard work up front, right? So we're doing a series called Summer Baggage. Between now and just before we go to camp, called Summer Baggage. about the baggage that we need to drop off so we can travel light for the next adventure God has for us. Hopefully preparing us to get to camp. So when we get to camp, we ain't got to deal with all this stuff we're carrying around from this last year. We're free and ready to run hard when we get to camp. So last week we dealt with, anybody remember what it was we dealt with last week? Losing packages. <laughs> Travel light, yes. We, we, dealt, we dealt with, and can we remember, what's the, what's the baggage we need to drop? Bitterness, yes. Dropping bitterness. Right, dropping bitterness. And so last week I shared a few things with you around you know, travel and how there's over 2 million bags a year that are lost in airlines. And some of the strange things that are found in airlines after the baggage is lost that are never claimed. Things like coffins with bodies inside. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Things like bags of diamonds have been found at airports. Things, bags of gold coins have been found at airports. This last week I did a bit more research. Here in the United States, this last year, a live rattlesnake was found inside a luggage that was left at the airport. Why are you traveling with a live rattlesnake? Like, come on, Charlie, put you inside there. Come, we'll go. You know? Imagine the poor guy left Charlie in the baggage, right? I left Charlie. He's at the airport now. <laughs> Somebody showed up with a live goldfish wanting to carry it on the plane with him overseas. Okay. Didn't know. Kick that out. Uh, what's the other things I read this last week? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, lots of Egyptian artifacts, specifically a carsophagus. A carsophagus, how you say that? You know, the thing that holds the mummy in the tomb, okay? One of those with a mummy inside was left at the airport. And on top of that, there was a piece of equipment, a piece of naval radar equipment worth $250,000 that was lost and left at the airport. <laughs> okay. Right, a few problems there, right? First of all, what were you doing traveling with a piece of naval airport equipment, air radar equipment, in your luggage, okay? And then you leave it at the airport, right? Bit crazy. It's crazy things are left behind all the time. And that's what we're talking about. As we move forward in the summer, we want to travel light, and we want to leave the bags behind that are weighing us down. We want to travel light. Tonight, we're specifically speaking about jealousy and comparison. Jealousy and comparison, how we're constantly in a society that's training us to compare ourselves to something. 
Compare ourselves to the person we see on the TV. Compare ourselves to the person next to me, on the right of me, left of me. Compare ourselves to the person or the house next door, or the car who just drove by. Compare ourselves with the person who's got those shoes versus these shoes. We're constantly comparing ourselves to something. And the, the commercials on the TV, the commercials on the billboard, everything around us is constantly promoting, pushing us that you are not enough until you have the right shoes and the right clothes with the right hair, with the right teeth and the right color eyes and the right color hair, with the right body style and the right this and the right neighborhood and the right school in the right house with the right mom and the right dad or the right kid and the right dog and the right fish. You know, you get the point, right? Okay. Constantly telling us you're not enough until you have that thing. And then you get the thing. You're like, yeah, I'm good now. Okay, maybe the next thing, right? <laughs> and the next thing. Because we're afraid of missing out on something. And then we see somebody that has the supposed right thing, the supposed right lifestyle, and we get a bit jealous. Why do they get it and not me? We think their life somehow is better than ours. And we do that often. We often look at other people's lives and think their lives is, are much more exciting, much better than our life is. I used to think that about flight attendants. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've been a flight attendant, nothing against you. I'm sure you had a great life. Love it. Appreciate what you do. But I used to look at flight attendants and go, man, what an incredible life. They get to travel over the world, see all these amazing things, and travel and experience stuff. It's amazing life. Until one time, I was traveling back from Florida uh, with Keenan and Jaden. We're traveling back from Florida, back to, the, to South Africa. We're on our way from uh, Orlando in the sky, traveling to Dubai. Before we get on the airport, uh, we're having some Chick-fil-A, last bit of Chick-fil-A before we head off to Africa. And we're like, okay, let's get the last bit of some American food. Got a Chick-fil-A. And Keenan, who like inhales food usually, Keenan that night was like, took two bites of the sandwich. was like, no, I'm not feeling too good. Oh, it's fine. It's been a long trip. You're probably tired. Don't worry about it. We get on the plane. We're flying along, flying along. Keenan's on this side of me. I'm in the middle. Jay's over here or something like that. I just know Keenan's on this side of me. We're passed out on the plane. We're sleeping. It's middle of the night, 2, 3 a.m., whatever it is, middle of the night. Keenan's beside me, and Keenan wakes up, Dad, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm like, oh, I know what's coming, right? So I'm trying to get out of the seat. <laughs> trying to get out of the seat. Keenan's trying to get out of the seat. I'm like, over there, over there, over there, right? Keenan, exactly, all over the floor, right down the middle aisle. There it is. And now you're on an airplane. And you know that smell on an airplane? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Makes you want to follow us through yourself, right? Okay. So I'm quick. I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't, it's not my home. I don't know what to How do we clean this up on an airplane? I don't know. There's Keenan again. Again, I'm like, oh, great. Number two. Great. Okay, there it is. It's really disgusting, right? So I go back. I call the airline lady. I say, oh, please, please, come. Come, my son. They're all over the floor. I don't know what to do. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. She's just as polite as can be. Don't worry. We've got to take care of it. Come, come, my boy. Come, come, come. Put him back in the seat. Here's a bag. Blah, a couple of times. Finally, she put him in a seat, a whole bunch of seats by himself. Let him lay there, go to sleep, take care of him. Comes back. I'm like, well, what about all this stuff? I mean, you got those little paper napkins this big. That's not going to do the trick, you know? Like, yeah, not working, right? <laughs> Ain't happening. So I'm like, what do I do about this? I said, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Now, this is before we had lived in America in any long period of time. And I didn't realize they'd come up with this amazing stuff. If you don't have it, you need to get some in your home. It's incredible. It's like fairy dust. They come along, they open it, lemony fresh smell all over the place straight away. They take this, and she's like a little fairy. She goes, <laughs> two seconds later, she's sweeping it up, and sweeps up all the stuff in a pan, and down it goes. And the smell's gone. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's like magic. 
just sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. And off she goes, that's incredible. Then she sweeps it up, cleans everything up. Right? And I'm thinking, man, poor people who was on that plane next, if they knew what happened there, right? <laughs> you can't smell it, but it's still there. You know it's in the carpet, right? You know it's in the carpet. The rest of the trip, she kept checking on us, myself and Jaden. She kept telling me, Kenan's okay. We checked his fever is okay. Uh, she got details for a doctor when we landed in Dubai, so I can know where to go to a doctor and get medicine if I needed to. And they took care of everything. It's amazing. But after that flight, I realized, you know what? I, I, it's not so incredible life anymore. <laughs> can you imagine that day after day? Because you know at least one person throws up on a plane every time it travels, right? At least one. That means every flight, you're cleaning up puke. That's your job. I get to see Paris. Blech. I get to see Rome. <laughs> and we're not even going to talk about what goes on in that toilet. Oh. Suddenly this glamorous lifestyle, which you could be so jealous of, when you understand what really goes on behind the scenes, it's not so glamorous any longer. You see, that's what jealousy does. Jealousy takes all away all the pain of someone's life and puts someone on a pedestal and makes you envious and want that thing, want that life. And then we spend the rest of our emotional energy, the rest of our lives, trying to pull people down so they can be where we are. Because we think their life is somehow better than ours. There's a great passage of scripture. We want to go there. Uh, go ahead and go to the scripture there. Genesis 37, starting verse 3, verse through 11. This is a story in Genesis uh, about Joseph and how Joseph was thrown into a pit about he and his brothers. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. You can imagine this little snotty-nosed Joseph guy. Hey, now take this dream. I'm going to show you boys something. He says this. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed down before mine. Yeah, exactly. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked to them. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again he told his brothers, not a smart move. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. His father wondered what the dreams meant. The story continues on. His brothers built up so much jealousy, first of all, because Joseph wasn't managing himself very well, right? <laughs> he could have had a dream, God could have spoke to him, but it wasn't wise to be sharing those dreams, number one. Number two, his brothers responded in an unhelpful way. They started building up jealousy because somehow this little punk, snotty-nosed kid was going to be better than us. I mean, we know, we've been in this family much longer than you. You're the little baby of the family. How dare you think you're going to rule over us? And so his brothers got jealous and more jealous and more jealous till eventually they pushed him into a pit. And they faked his death. Went back and told the dad that he was killed out in the bush somewhere. Some slave traders come by. He was eventually sold into slavery. Went to Egypt, was sold into slavery, was a slave in Egypt. Was eventually uh, thrown into prison at one point. 
not a great life, all because his brothers were jealous of him. But that's what jealousy does. Jealousy does one thing, and one thing only. It'll make sure to destroy your life, and it'll do its best to destroy the life of the person you're jealous of. See, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a phenomenon, we call it, called the crab syndrome. Okay? Crabs, you ever take a bunch of crabs and you put them into a bucket? What do the crabs try to do? They try to get out. But just as one's about to get out, what do the other guys do? No way, Jack, you're coming back into the party, baby. <laughs> right? They pull them back in. And the more one tries to get out, the more they pull them back in. What if that one was the one to go out and get the key to unlock the, unlock the bucket, right? Okay. But no, you can't be better than us. We're going to pull you down with us. The same thing happens with people. This crazy thought philosophy with us is that somehow when someone makes it a bit further, seems to have done a bit better in something than we are, we've got this innate desire because of jealousy in comparison to pull them back versus cheer them on. There's a couple of things jealousy does. A couple things jealousy does. Jealousy does. The baggage of jealousy will cause you to push people into a pit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're gonna like boom. Oh, sorry. There you go. There you go. No, not quite that fashion, right? But it means you're gonna push people off. It means in your words, you're gonna say things to metaphorically, in a picture way, push them over the edge. You want them to stumble into a pit. Is what you want. So you'll th- say things like, "Well, you know, she didn't pay full price for that," right? Well, you know that baseball wasn't going that fast. Well, you know their parents just have a lot of money, right? And then some of you get really worried and go, girlfriend, let me tell you. (laughs) Then you know the jealousy is in full swing. When you see this happen, you know the jealousy is working now, right? (laughs) Because you do anything you can to pull that person back because somehow you think you're missing out. And every time you do that in your words, every time you run one of your, pull one of your friends back, a harsh word against one of your friends, harsh words against people you don't even know, you just think they're better than you. Someone new comes into an environment, you go, oh, who do they think they are? That jealousy, reaching out, just grabbing, pulling, trying to pull them down, pull them down. You push people into a pit with your jealousy. Second thing, you sell them to slavery. Now, what do I mean by that? That should be probably, it's my notes, bad notes, my fault. But probably should be more like you sell them and are involved into slavery. You know, both of you are involved in slavery. Because when you are jealous of someone, it means your emotional, how you're feeling, your emotional state, however you're feeling, is determined upon how that person is living their life. You ever thought about that? So if they're having a good life, makes you mad. If they're having a bad life, makes you sad. So however their life works determines how you feel about your life means you are a slave to them, even if they don't know it. And on top of that, jealousy will make you start spreading rumors to create an environment which makes them a slave to an environment. Start spreading rumors about what they have and haven't done to other people or with other people, just to run them down. And suddenly you've created an environment which is a environment of slavery. They're a slave to all these people talking and saying bad things about them. And they don't even know what they've done just because you may not have liked them for some reason because you were jealous of something that took place. Now the third thing, you push them uh, into a pit, you sell them into slavery, and then you put them in small spaces. 
You take a person, I want you to understand this, anytime you're jealous, you take a person who is created by our Father in heaven, a Father who knows everything, explores everything, can do anything, a God of the impossible, can accomplish anything, a miraculous God, who's bigger than anything you could ever ask, think, or imagine, who loves you more than you've ever known. You've taken that person and you've made them something less than. God created them. Their Father in heaven created them. And you think you are bigger than God, and you can reduce them to something less than. You put them into a small space. And the sad thing about that is you never get to celebrate what God actually created them to be. Jealousy sounds rough, doesn't it? Comparison doesn't sound great. Why the heck do we do it? (laughs) Because we're stuck in this place constantly of feeling less than, not quite enough. But there's a, there's a little tool, a few tools that help you get out of that place. So you don't push people into the pit. So you don't sell them into slavery. So you don't push them into small spaces. It's called the baggage of giving. The carry on of giving. Go travel life. Remember, we're going to just carry carrying ons. Not travel lots of luggage, just a little bit of luggage. But the carry on of giving. What can you give? If you find yourself jealous of some, what could you possibly do? Well, look here. You push, not pull. What do you mean by that, Adam? Don't just push them into a pit, right? But you push them forward. Don't pull them back like the crabs. You find yourself being jealous of someone, the best thing you can do is go tell someone as quick as you can how amazing that person is. And watch how quickly your heart begins to shift. So there was, a, there was a, uh, another pastor guy in South Africa, an acquaintance of mine. I didn't like the way the guy led. I didn't like the way he treated people. I didn't like what he did at his church. I didn't like anything about him, and yet I was jealous of him. Because he got to go do adventurous things. He got to plant churches over in Dubai and Middle East and other places. He would experience incredible things. I'm thinking, why that guy? What's so amazing about that guy? Who does he think he is? And I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled until eventually one day this guy came to me and said, Adam, will you spend some time with me? Will you do some coaching work with me? I'm walking through some stuff. What? So I got to sit down with this guy, and I began hearing his story and hearing his heart. And as I saw who he really was, I actually came home and told Vanessa, this guy's amazing. He really is an amazing guy. Now I wonder how many years of great relationship did I miss out with this guy because I was jealous. What if in the very beginning when I felt being jealous because he was getting through all these incredible things, if I was going, yes, that's incredible. I may not like the way you lead. I may not like the way you treat people, but look at what God is doing with you. It's incredible. Well done. Keep going. Keep running. I want to support you. How can I help you? How can I help you go further? I want to push you versus pull you back. Who are you jealous of right now? Think about your life, students, parents, yeah, you're in the room too. It's not just to the students. Because we parents, I know how it rolls. We look at the house down the road. We look at the yard down. Yard's a whole nother story. Money can't buy a good yard. Okay? I don't know what's <laughs> Grass and weeds, I'm beyond. <laughs> we look at that car the neighbor has. That lifestyle we think that family has. And we're going, why God? Why? And we get jealous. And sometimes the very thing that God's setting up to bring you into a new space, we're pushing against because you're jealous. Versus getting behind and going, yes, that's amazing. Great job. How would it feel that every time something amazing happens in your life, your friends cheer and go, that's incredible, well done. That sounds like a place I want to be around, right? 
That sounds like the kind of family I want to be a part of. Rather than pulling each other down, how can we push you forward to help you go further and beyond? Because you find when you push people forward, you get to experience what they're experiencing. They may actually help you get out of the bucket. Reach back and go, hey, I'm out. Come, join me here. The biggest lesson I learned in South Africa running a business there was the fact that I was looking at some of these guys who are, uh, had great successful businesses and was becoming jealous of those guys. And why are they always, we are always scrounging on the backside and just barely making it and not having this, all this stuff, Jesus, what's going on? And I saw this group of guys. I was, a, I was a friend of one of the guys and I was acquaintance with the other ones. And I got this thing, well, you know what? I'm just going to be friends with these guys. I want to hang out with these dudes. I want to figure out what's going on. I want, how can I, and I went in that group saying, how can I support you? What can I do to help you grow? And that was the launch of our business in South Africa. Yes, Vanessa, that was to put us in a whole different sphere of influencers within the city. Because I was able to beat back the jealousy and push, push people forward versus pulling them back in the bucket. It's not easy. It is not easy. Second thing you can do. Be grateful, not spiteful. Just praying for the person. Thank you, Jesus. Riley hit another home run today. <laughs> exactly. Cheer people on. Thank you, Jesus. There's some men and women in this room who are better at excitement and fun and energy than I am. Thank you, Jesus. There are people in this room who are 10 times, 100 times better at organizing things than I am. You should be thanking them for that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You've got a child who will sit here on a Wednesday night and listen to some gray-haired guy speak. What, the gray hair? Listen to, I'm not sure what to. Parents. Thank you, your student's here tonight. Student, thank you, Jesus, I've got a mom and dad who cares. Even if it irritates the heck out of me. Thank you. <laughs> they care. Be grateful versus spiteful. Push, not pull. Be grateful versus spiteful. Last one. Have vision for your future, not lay in your lies. See, the lies tell us you're not enough. You can't have that, you can't be that, you can't go there, you can't experience that. The enemy is whispering constantly through all the other jealous people and through our society, constantly, you're not enough. Have you paused and asked God, what does he say about you? Can you take that one step further and actually make a list? If you wait, what do you think the Father is saying about you? Have you ever wrote those things down? If you haven't tried sometime. When you're, when you're having your devotion, when you're reading your Bible, you're just walking down the street and it's quiet, pull your phone out, whatever it is, and ask God, what do you say about me? Who do you say I am? And see what comes quickly and write those words down and see how different they are. If you're still not sure, you can hear God appropriately, you're not sure what God's saying, ask a small group leader that you're a part of. Ask a good friend who you know has a good relationship with God and see what they say. And start building a vision for your future. Because there's not a student in this room tonight that doesn't have a bright future walking with Jesus. Not a single one of you. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I don't care what's happened in your life in the past. There's not a single one of you that don't have a bright future if you continue to walk with Jesus.
I can promise you. Doesn't mean there won't be valleys and hills. Doesn't mean somebody won't bump you off into a pit at some point. (laughs) Because they're jealous. But he'll be with you every step of the way. And good will come of every single thing if you let it. Mom and dad, you're here tonight. Maybe life's beat you up a bit. You're not quite where you think you should be at this point in life, wherever that may be. You've had some challenges. But what does Jesus say about your future? You see, you're here tonight. You're here, which tells me Jesus has you in this room for a reason. You thought it was just about open house. Ha, joke's on you. (laughs) Jesus had a different plan. There's nobody in this room by mistake tonight, not a single person. Jesus had a different plan, and he's working that plan right now because he's saying, hey, believe for something better in your life. Show your child that even though you go through rough times, you can come out on the other side still smiling and still pushing forward, still loving Jesus, and watching his goodness follow you all the days of your life. One of the biggest problems in our society is we're not letting our students go through difficult spaces. It's okay. Go through a difficult space. Because the way that story ended, in case you don't know, with Joseph, yeah, he was thrown into the pit. Yeah, his brothers told the dad that, they had actually, that he was actually killed in the bush. He was sold into slavery. Yeah, he went to prison. But he ended up being the second highest person in command of the kingdom of Egypt. He ruled the nation, basically. And guess what happened? His brothers and his dad eventually did come to him and did bow down. Because they needed food, because they were starving. And guess what he was able to do? Forgive and embrace the family. And the family was reunited. Because forgiveness was in place and jealousy was gone. Two things we spoke about the last two weeks. What a great story. It's not just a story. I've seen it happen again and again and again in families just like this in the room. Student, who are you going to take the first step? Be grateful, push, not pull, start getting a vision for your future, stop believing the lies. Parent, you're going to take the first step. I don't care who takes the first step, but Jesus is pushing you tonight. He's pushing, not pulling. Take a step forward. Can I ask the band to come back up? This is our response time in the service. What that means is we're going to sing another worship song. We're just going to worship. And we want you to respond to what God is saying to you. You respond to that. If you need prayer, we're going to do some prayer in a few moments. And our small groups, parents, if you need prayer, see one of us here tonight. Happily pray with you. Walk with you on a journey. But don't leave this place without responding to what the Father's doing. Don't leave this place without responding to what Jesus is stirring in your heart. Father, we are so incredibly grateful that you have called us to this place tonight. Not by chance, not by mistake, because you have a plan and purpose for every single life in this room. You have a life of excitement, adventure, ups and downs, yes, but full of your goodness and mercy. Jesus, we pray right now that you would stir our hearts. Holy Spirit, you'd move in us. Show us where jealousy may be building up to a friend, to a spouse, to a schoolmate. Show us where maybe we just need to stop believing some of the lies of things around us and start believing what you're saying about us. 
Show us who we need to be thankful for, the person we're wrestling with the most, that we begin praying for them and being grateful they are in our lives. Because we love you, Jesus. We want to journey with you all the days of our life, lightly. Travel the adventure. Let's go ahead and please stand.